I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Brad Rostowski, partner with law firm Reed Smith's HIPAA and Health Privacy and Security Practice. So, Brad, the Federal Trade Commission in September issued guidance warning that certain entities not covered under HIPAA, including makers of personal health records, mobile health apps, devices, and a variety of similar products and services, will face potential monetary penalties for failure to comply with the FTC's never-yet-enforced health breach notification rule. What's your take on this move by the FTC? What are the implications? I think the, the first and maybe most interesting aspect of this is it's uh, it's not the announcement of a new rule. It's reminding everyone that this rule has existed for quite some time. So I think the interesting question is going to be, how do they actually go about enforcing it? And when you look at their policy statement from last September, I think the most interesting line in there is where they say, under the definitions cross-referenced by the rule, the developer of a health app or connected device is a healthcare provider because it furnishes healthcare services or supplies. And I think with them making that statement, which may be easy to say, yep, they're they're 100% right. We looked at the definitions or it might be a little bit more challenging than that. And, and I've spent a little time looking at it and I don't know that it's necessarily the, the easiest connection to make. But for the moment, the regulating body has said, this is this is what we believe, and this is how we're going to enforce it. And I think it, it certainly causes many folks, not even on the periphery of the healthcare industry, but, you know, kind of less stereotypical folks, you know, not the doctors, not the, not the insurers, but many folks that are doing things in healthcare to realize, okay, you know, simply because we've tried to avoid the exposure associated with HIPAA for a number of years by intentionally framing our business as more of a direct consumer consideration, we can't necessarily avoid the potential of what a breach means in much the same way that that HIPAA would say it does. So, Brad, we often hear about a regulatory gap in terms of health data breaches that don't involve HIPAA-covered entities and their business associates who handle protected health information. Do you think this move by the FTC fills that gap and why? It may. I, th- I think, you know, ultimately these regulations have been out there for, for some time now. And I believe since 2009, 2010, or at least they, I think were promulgated pursuant to, to laws that were passed around then. And I think that when you when you look at how folks have been approaching information security and breach response over the past you know, five, 10 years, there may be instances where decisions will be different moving forward with the same fact patterns that you know, somebody was looking at in 2015. I think it will be interesting to see the first few enforcement actions and A, what do the facts look like? Who are the targets? You know, is it really going to be that they're looking at the health app folks through a magnifying glass, or is it is it going to be broader than that in terms of folks that are maybe non-covered entity providers? And not only who they're looking at, but how aggressive the enforcement actions are. I know the Office for Civil Rights has certainly enforced HIPAA and the breach notification rule aggressively at times, but they also tend to take a measured approach 
relative to the size of the organization, the number of people involved, and and really take into consideration the the very real fact that ultimately the the bad actors involved in in a lot of these cyber attacks are doing things that are unavoidable at some point to everyone. The best security in the world can't prevent the unfortunate reality that that human error occurs. If a phishing email gets through and somebody accidentally clicks on something that maybe every other day of the week, they would have said, oh, that's not real. You could have a big problem. And I don't know that an enforcement scheme that doesn't take that into consideration is going to be useful to to any industry. So Brad, aside from the FTC health breach notification rule, I understand that some states, including California, Virginia, and Colorado, are implementing privacy rules that could affect makers of medical devices and health apps as well. How so, and and what are the implications of these state regulatory trends on the makers of those sorts of products? Right now, we've got a number of states that are very active in, in that area. The first ones that come to mind are California, Colorado, Virginia, and they're very much in the mold of GDPR, especially the newer ones. And I think as a general rule, there are a couple of things that uh, that kind of immediately come to mind in terms of approach. You know, the, the first thing that, that I think is, is definitely worth highlighting is that these laws generally have incorporate a private right of action so that the individuals that are adversely affected by an incident or some situation are, are able to take action themselves utilizing the state law. This is different from HIPAA, you know, where there is no private right of action. And I guess from an exposure perspective, you know, we also understand how the Office for Civil Rights will react in, in most instances. There's a lot of history there and the lawyers and the regulated body, uh, regulated entities in, in healthcare under HIPAA have a pretty good sense of what they need to do and what will happen if a bad actor gets through or they violate a rule in some way, just from looking at the history. That doesn't mean it's always you know, happily you know, embraced when, when they say, yeah, we knew that was gonna happen, but it, it, it's at least relatively foreseeable. So it kind of begs the question, will medical device manufacturers who have historically and very intentionally taken their business lines in a direction so that HIPAA would not apply. Will they now say, hey, look, we're thinking about a connected device or an app of some sort that will be really useful to the patients. In the past, it's it's usually been done in such a way that there, there was no business associate agreement involved between the med device company and a provider or insurer. Now that the FTC rule is being viewed through a different lens, the breach rule through the FTC and the state laws exist, each of which between the FTC and the state laws includes some version of what I'll just call a HIPAA exception. It may be that folks say, you know what, it may be more prudent to intentionally bring ourselves under the ambit of HIPAA where we understand what the rules of the road look like more. So Brad, with that said, in terms of the FTC's breach notification rules and sort of uncertainty about, you know, what the FTC might do in terms of the first enforcement actions, as well as the moves being made by the states or the various states in their privacy laws. What is your advice for makers of digital health products regarding data security and privacy at this point, being that everything's sort of uncertain? I think ultimately the best play is to to really continue what best practices have suggested. So these various laws and, and regulations, they don't necessarily change the, the fact that a really strong security program is the only way to go. 
And like they, they always talk about an ounce of prevention. I think here maybe a pound of prevention is needed because clearly we see that uh, the breach related incidents have never not been on the rise. And even the insurance for cyber attacks has been getting more and more expensive because it's getting used more and more often. So, you know, ultimately having a really good risk assessment or, you know, a different version of that, if, if, you're, if you're not going to deal with HIPAA, some version of a security assessment and using the NIST standards as your, your guidepost are going to be critical. Beyond that, the most important thing to do relative to the breaches occurring, whether it's an FTC enforcement or an OCR enforcement or even the state laws, is create your team, your, your privacy and security team well in advance and prepare them. So not only do you, do you want to talk to, to a lawyer, but you want to have your, your privacy and security officers be a, an integral part of these discussions. You want C-suite buy-in, you know, that this is important. You want to have forensics investigation folks and maybe public relations folks, not necessarily uh, on speed dial, but you should maybe have the relationships that you, that you would like to use if, if something bad happens formed already so that you're not behind the eight ball when something happens, get your insurance in, in line to begin with, you know, make, make sure that that's where it should be. Frankly, the most important folks on that team are the, the, the people on the ground in the business that could be the ones causing the human error to occur. Training has become more and more important and it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, everybody needs to go into the, the break room for an hour at a certain point, once a month, once a year, and have, have some training, formal training session. It can really be integrated into many different, you know, aspects, you know, whether it's an email that goes out, you know, every week, every two weeks, that's short and sweet and reminds people of, of, you know, the, the low hanging fruit things not to do check to make sure an email that you get really comes from the, the domain that the, the name says it's coming from. Don't click on links. If you didn't ask for the email or if it looks at all suspicious, take a beat either way before you click on a link, because ultimately the business interruption and the hit to your business reputation are ultimately the, I believe the, the worst aspects of these things occurring. The other thing that I think folks are doing this, but I think it's really important to make sure it's, it's where you want it to be is your, your backups, your data retention, your backups, you know, how are you protecting the data generally in case you know, there's a system failure, but really keeping in mind that if somebody gets into your system and locks it up through ransomware, ultimately, if you've got all that data someplace else and you get lucky and the, the bad actor doesn't gain like kind of free access to your system, but instead just locks it up and isn't able to exfiltrate and isn't able to see stuff, you might be able to avoid all the chaos. From the perspective of what does the FTC rule mean to the changing enforcement landscape, I think probably it's not it's not the big companies that are going to be really concerned about this because they've got robust security programs. When, when you look at that guidance, it lists out a number of you know areas that that they're focusing on for as examples, and they talk about fitness apps, fertility apps, sleep apps, diet apps, and a lot of that stuff is being put out by companies that are smaller and may not have the budget for the sorts of protections that the larger companies have. Thanks so much. I've been speaking to Brad Rostowski. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.